0: Boom, boom, I will lead you Put your trust in me Greetings, friends. It's time for Bible College by Radio, brought to you direct from the campus of African Bible College.
1: Of the mighty Red Sea And he says I will lead you
0: And now for today's lesson, let's join Mrs. Nell Chinchin.
1: Welcome to Bible College by Radio. My friend, do you like to eat meat? Do you like to eat sweet meat? Well, if you do, then I know that you've enjoyed these lessons in the book of Hebrews too much because we've been eating plenty sweet meat. Now, you remember back in chapter 5, the writer of Hebrews was talking there to a group of people who should have been ready To feed on the meat of the Word of God but instead they were still drinking milk instead of going on to teach others they were still there just listening to others teach them over and over again the same truths the same foundational truths of the gospel as we read back in Hebrews chapter 5 for when for the time you ought to be teachers you have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, not of strong meat, for every one that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a baby. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. But in this chapter ten, it looks like the right of Hebrews, and we're not really sure who that is. We believe it may be Paul, but he is talking to a different group of people. These people were described for us in verses 32 and 34 of chapter 10. But be ever mindful of the days gone by in which after you were spiritually enlightened, you endured a great and painful struggle, sometimes being yourselves a gazing stock, publicly exposed to insults and abuse and distress, and sometimes claiming fellowship and making common cause with others who were so treated. For you did sympathize and suffer along with those who were imprisoned and you bore cheerfully the plundering of your belongings and the confiscation of your property in the knowledge and consciousness that you yourselves had a better and lasting possession. We need to understand what kind of people are being talked to here first of all. We see that they are persecuted people. Verse 32 tells us that after they were spiritually enlightened, their faith endured that test. They became a laughing stock to those around them. In other words, people mocked them, woed them, abused them. Not only that, but they also were not ashamed to be identified with those who were being treated in such a way. You know, sometimes you can have a good, good friend, but let that friend be made shamed or disgraced in some way. And then you don't want anything to do with him again. You stay away from him. But these people, they did not do that. We read in verse 34 that they actually sympathized and suffered along with those who were imprisoned. And it looks like it was because of of who they were friends with that they lost everything they owned. Look at verse 33. Verse 33 sometimes being yourselves a gazing stock publicly exposed to insults and abuse and distress sometimes claiming fellowship making common cause with others who were so treated for you did sympathize and suffer along with those who were imprisoned and you bore cheerfully the plundering of your belongings and the confiscation of your property in the knowledge that you yourselves had a better and a lasting possession you know their homes were spoiled their property taken away and yet they were cheerful they realized that they had a much better home in heaven to look forward to and that is why they are told in verse 35 don't get discouraged you have a great and glorious reward but you know that's what faith is all about and we're going to see that in the next chapter all those heroes of the faith that we're going to be studying about They did not count the possessions of this world as important as their eternal possessions. They set their thoughts, their hearts, their minds on things above and not on things of this earth. But in order to persevere, in order to endure all the trials and testings that we meet here, we need to really put strong in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and not be like those who draw back and have to be destroyed. And that's the warning that we read at the end of chapter 10. Do not, therefore, fling away your confidence, for it carries a great and glorious reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. For still a little while, a very little while, and the coming one will come he will not delay but the just shall live by faith that is my righteous servant shall live by his conviction respecting man's relationship to god and if he draws back if he draws back my soul has no pleasure in him but our way is not of those who draw back to eternal perdition and are utterly destroyed But of those who believe, who cleave to and trust and rely on God through Jesus Christ, by faith preserve the soul.
0: But Mrs. Chin Chin, here is that same question again. Can we lose our faith?
1: Ganwo, you need to look at verses 26 and 27 and read those for us.
0: For if we go on deliberately and willingly sinning after once acquiring the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice left to attune for our sins. No further offering to which to look forward. There is nothing left for, uh, left for us then, but a kind of awful and fearful prospect, an expectation of divine judgment, and a fury of burning wrath and indignation, which will consume those who put themselves in opposition to God.
1: Now notice that this says, those who have heard the truth. Maybe even have given an outward assent to the truth. Maybe even they've gone forward in response to an altar call and maybe even have been baptized, but then decided that they were not serious about Christianity and turned back to their old ways. There is no more sacrifice that can be made for their sins. You see, under the Old Testament law, the priests went in once a year, And made sacrifices for the sins of the people sometimes they were making sacrifices for the same old sins over and over again but the sacrifice that Jesus made was once for all for all sin so that once that is accepted his blood covers all the sins we ever committed in the past all the sins we will ever commit in the future it is finished Jesus said from the cross one time finished now If we understand that and accept it and believe it, then we are cleansed from our sins and become a child of God. But now this is where the confusion comes when people say that we can lose our salvation. But as we read in verse 26, if we deliberately and willfully go on sinning after making that profession of faith, there is nothing more that can be done for us. You see, Christ did it all on the cross. But we must avail ourselves of that shed blood, of that power that He has provided for us to give us victory over sin. If we refuse it, then what it really comes down to is we never did really receive it. And if we never did really receive it, we can't lose it. You see there now?
0: Then what you are saying, Mrs. Chin Chin, is that those who say they have accepted Christ but just keep living in sin and in the same way they did before, never actually believed on him, never applied his shed blood to their hearts. Uh, is that right?
1: That's exactly right, Ganwo. But before we go back now to verse 1 of this 10th chapter of Hebrews, let's review lesson 9 for our correspondent student. We called uh, our last lesson the power of the blood. Uh, Ganwo, what does that make you think of?
0: <laughs> well, and that always makes me think of a song that we sing here at African Bible College in the chapel. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Uh And that's just what our last lesson told us about. We learned that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins.
1: That's right, Well, We also learned some important things about the Old Covenant and the New Covenant.
0: Well, one important thing we learned, Mrs. Chin Chin, was that the Old Testament law was given to tide us over until Christ could come and establish a better covenant.
1: We learn too, Ganmo, about a person's last will and testament, uh, that it cannot uh, go into effect as long as the person who made it is living. Is that so?
0: Oh, no, it cannot be seen. The death of the person who made it is necessary first. Christ died so that the new covenant could go into action. Even the Old uh, Testament law required the sacrifice of animals, But now Christ has died once for all. So that we can really say it is finished. There's, there's no need for any more sacrifice for sin.
1: I think you learned your lesson well, Ganwo, And I hope that that has been helpful to our students too. Now we also talked about the tabernacle and the importance of Moses following God's direction exactly. And we're going to see why uh, later as we get on into our study. But before we uh, continue, Ganwo, would you share that letter that you have for us?
0: Dear friends, greeting comes to you from your friend in the name of the King of Kings. Friends, you see, I would like to proclaim myself as one of the ABC's serious listeners and students. But what happened is I have no radio to listen to all the days. I always get around friends for radio during each broadcast. You see, because I want my young Christian f- uh, foundation to be strong, I decided to participate in the radio broadcast with ABC. What I do seek is only one thing, that is the understanding of the Word of God. Actually, if I could have a radio on my own, I would listen to each broadcast all the days. Because each broadcast, as I listen, looks sweet to me. And it is also building up my Christian life all the time as I listen. When I am always reading the Bible, it looks like I am talking with God. Though I read the Bible, but once I have someone to it, to be explaining it to me like you are, I like it so much. Thanks.
1: Well, that is a very interesting letter and certainly one that uh, we will treasure here. Uh, we certainly would encourage our friend to listen to the radio as often as he can. And just like the Ethiopian eunuch said to Philip, Uh, How can I understand uh, these things unless someone explain it to me? And certainly this is one of the reasons that we have Bible College by Radio to give you the understanding of God's Word. And let's just bow together now, God, and pray for our listeners and pray for our students that they really might have that understanding uh, of the Word as we teach it today. Heavenly Father, how we do thank you that we can come to you and know that you're always there to hear us. And to answer our prayers we thank you for these letters that have been read today and we would pray for our friend who who desires this radio that really for one purpose that he might listen to the broadcast that he might grow in Christ may you encourage him and may he even participate in the correspondent lessons and now we would ask that you give this understanding that is so necessary to our students and to our listeners as the word is taught today We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now let's uh, open our Bibles to chapter 10, chapter 10 of Hebrews, and it's time to eat more meat. As we see, our lesson today is entitled, The Perfect Sacrifice. Now as we have said before, the Old Testament sacrifices were not perfect they had to be made over and over again every year sometimes for the very same sins every year those same sins would be remembered and the priest would go into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle the blood of goats and bulls uh, and find God's forgiveness for the people but there was no power in that blood of those animals to take away the sins now look at the first few verses of chapter 10 for since the law has merely a rude outline of the good things to come instead of fully expressing those things it can never by offering the same sacrifices continually year after year make perfect those who approach it for were it otherwise would those sacrifices not have stopped being offered since the worshipers had once for all been cleansed they would no longer have any guilt or consciousness of sin But as it is, these sacrifices annually bring a fresh remembrance of sins to be atoned for because the blood of bulls and goats is powerless to take sins away. And so we see it was necessary that God provide a better way for his people. Christ agreed to offer up himself on behalf of the people. He was not forced to do this. He wanted to do God's will. And to fulfill God's perfect plan for the human race. Look at verse 5. Hence, when Christ entered into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but instead you have made ready a body for me to offer. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no delight. Then I said, Lo, here I am, come to do your will, O God, to fulfill what is written of me in the volume of the book. Now these same words are repeated in verse 9 and also in Psalm 40, verse 8. Uh, Read that for us, Ganwell.
0: He then went on to say, Lo, here I am, come to do your will. Thus he does away with the first order as a means of expiating sin, so that he might inaugurate and establish the second, uh, the latter order. I delight to do your will, O my God. Yes, your law is within my heart. But, Mrs. Chin Chin, in verse seven we read, It is written in the books. Does that mean the Old Testament law?
1: well that actually means that christ is the first one named in the old testament as creator and in the new testament the first name mentioned is jesus christ in matthew 1 1 but the main thing we want to see here is that christ offered himself as a voluntary sacrifice he was willing to die for our sins no one forced him he knew it was god's will god's plan and his desire was to do god's will as we read in verse eight when he said, "Just before you have neither desired nor have you taken delight in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, all of which are offered according to the law," now those Old Testament sacrifices and offerings did not satisfy God's wrath. He wanted a more perfect sacrifice.
0: It says in verse nine, Mrs. Chin Chin, that he took away the first. Does that mean the Old Testament sacrifices were finished when Christ came?
1: Yes, it does, Gunmo. Verse 10 makes it clear that we are now sanctified, that is, set apart for God, by the sacrifice of Christ you see God was not satisfied with leaving his people to suffer with their old sin nature neither did he want them to be proud and boastful that they could help themselves to become acceptable to God and thus take glory for themselves so God devised a perfect plan with a perfect sacrifice that of his own son Jesus Christ now Jesus Christ had to agree to this plan he had to be willing to do God's will now look at these next verses every priest standing daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins but this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever sat down on the right hand of God "...from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified." You see four things here, Ganwo. Do you see what they are?
0: Yes, I do, Mrs. Chin First, we see that the priests and their sacrifices could not take away sin. Secondly, we see that the one-time offering of Christ did away with uh, sin. Third, his offering was perfect. And fourth... It resorted in the uh, sanctification of the church.
1: Good, Gonwell. Now, I'm sure you realized all that, and yet as we look at Christ's sacrifice in comparison to those offerings of the priest in the Old Testament, we can see more clearly why it was necessary for Christ to die for our sins there was just no way we could go on year after year making sacrifices for our sins and never doing anything that would help get rid of those sins and this is when uh, we needed the help of the Holy Spirit look at verse 15 therefore the Holy Spirit also is a witness to us for after that he had said before this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days saith the Lord I will put my laws in their hearts, and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin.
0: You know, I was just thinking, Mrs. Chin that as long as Christ is in heaven, accepted by, uh, by his Father, we can have peace because that proves God was pleased with his work. Just like as long as we have an ambassador in a, uh, in a foreign country that shows we are at peace with that country.
1: True, Ganwo. But we have more than an ambassador in heaven. We have a policeman in our heart. When God created man, he gave him the outward law, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. But later, he sent his Holy Spirit to live in our heart. And make our hearts desire to do what he wanted us to do you know when you have a small child in your home you have to say do this and do that and don't do this and don't do that you teach them what pleases you and what doesn't please you by the laws that you give them but after they grow up and leave your home they no longer have to follow those rules you're not with them to enforce those laws or those rules But you hope and you pray that they will desire to do the things that please you, because through those years of training them, they have come to love you so much that they want to do your will. That's what God has done for us. He has put in us a spirit of love and obedience. It's that same Spirit that made Jesus willing to go to the cross, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, who delights to do God's will. Isn't that better than a lot of laws?
0: It certainly is, Mrs. Chin, Chin I can see why that is better. Also, it is not that human beings do not know what God wants them to do, usually. The problem is that they do not want to do God's will. They want to do whatever they desire. But when God gives us a new heart, then we want to do the right things.
1: Not only that, Ganwo, but we have the power to do it. And that's what's so marvelous.
0: <laughs> no, but you know, Mrs. Chin, Chin I think it is just as amazing that we can know what God wants us to do. When we put his law in our hearts, he also puts his mind into our mind so we can know what he wants.
1: That's good, Ganwo. When he put his law in our hearts, he put his mind into our mind. Well, look at these next verses at verse 19 now. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, And having a high priest over the house of God let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the so more as you see the day approaching. Oh, we have a lot of privileges now that the Old Testament saints did not have. We can come straight into the presence of God. And there's also freedom from guilt. Our hearts need no longer trouble us about things that we should do or haven't done. We can have peace in our hearts.
0: But Mrs. Chin Those verses that say, stir one another up. How do you stir someone up to love and good works?
1: Well, first of all, you do not neglect getting together with other believers. You spend time encouraging one another. Now, you know these early Christians had er cheerfully and compassionately accepted the persecutions and the deprivations and the hardships that came their way. They were really living by faith. And now they needed to do only one thing more. Keep on. Keep on. Does that seem difficult to you? When you think about continuing on in your Christian life, my friend. Does your way sometimes seem hard and difficult? Is it perhaps often lonely and exposed to the reproach of others? Well, do not despair. Do not become disheartened. Don't give up. That pattern has been predicted. That's part of Christian living today as it has always been. For if you live by faith, if you accept what this word says as true and you see that it is working out in history exactly as God said it would, if you thus live by faith, then though it be through scourgings and mockings, through perils and dangers, you will arrive. For the just shall live by faith. Now that was a great sentence that burned in the heart of Martin Luther and lit the fires of the Reformation. The just shall live by faith, not by circumstances, not by outward appearances, but by faith in what the Word of God has declared you need only to continue to endure to reach the goal. Ganwo, you know faith has been translated By one word, and I wonder if you've ever heard it described that way.
0: That word is toughness.
1: Uh huh. In chapter 11 of Hebrews, we're going to see some illustrations of men and women who have lived by faith, and these are the tough people of history. They've endured, they've tucked it out, they've stuck it out, they've faced all the pressures, all the problems, all the confusing problems of life, but because they had their eye fixed on one who never changes they were tough. Nothing could move them aside or divert them and that is what we need today. That inner toughness which meets life steadfastly, unmovably, unshakably is never driven off its position of faith that constantly meets every encounter, every challenge by resting upon the word of God, relying upon what God has said would take place oh, my friend, today that we might find that toughness in these terrible and glorious times. I believe those of you that are listening could qualify for that position of faith, that determination, that toughness to keep on keeping on as we have been admonished in this 10th chapter of Hebrews. Well, thank you, friends, for listening again to Bible College by Radio. May God bless you and keep you in all your ways.